Good and Locked on Anaheim Ducks. Former Ducks legend Corey Perry comes alive in the Stanley Cup Final amidst all the overtimes. All of this on today's Locked on Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. All right. Um, yeah, I'm still kind of laughing about this one. This has been a wild weekend of hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Locked on Anaheim Ducks, presented by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe if you like the program, and follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks, or follow me personally at StimpyJD. Let's get right into... Okay, I'm still laughing about this. The Dallas Stars are still alive, as if you didn't know that already, because you're obviously Ducks fans listening to this podcast. Or maybe you don't like the Ducks. Maybe you're a Kings fan, and you're going, that guy again? Jeez, really? Yeah. Or maybe you're a hockey fan and going, this is the guy that kept us alive? Really? This guy? 30-something years? Yes, this guy. And I did say Ducks legend Corey Perry at the start of the show, and he is adding to his legend for what it's worth. So we'll get started with Game 4. Yeah, Game 4 took place Friday night, and Steven Stamkos, after playing the hero in Game 3, he was out for Game 4 after playing only 2 minutes, 39 seconds, in an emotional Game 3 performance. When it looked like the Dallas offense was going nowhere, they entered the attacking zone, you know, right down the middle, and as John Klingberg entered the zone... His first shot attempt was blocked by what looked like Victor Hedman, but Klingberg stuck with the play, regathered the puck, and believe it or not, he scored a goal. Yeah, he scored glove side on Andre Vasilevsky to give the Stars an early 1-0 lead on Dallas's first shot of the game. Before the goal, Dallas would end up playing the puck towards the corners and not get anything close to the net. And on Hedman's first shifts, he's either got someone really close flanking him, or he had an immediate double team when he got the puck near the point. And this was a pretty significant thing for games 4 and 5. But game 4 especially, where they were double teaming him as soon as he got anywhere close to the puck. And once again, the Lightning did dominate puck control after a power play elapsed. Tampa was getting their shot attempts in game 4 but they were just missing wide of the net. Otherwise, that first period was mostly a heavy-hitting, grinded-out type of period. With a minute 32 left in the first, Joe Pavelski, the former San Jose Shark, wound up all alone on the right side, while Jamie Benn drew three defenders on the left side. And believe it or not, Pavelski scored a blocker-side goal to double the Stars' early lead in the first period. Vasilevsky allowed two goals on only three shots on goal in the first. But just like that, with 32 and a half seconds left, Braden Point received a perfect pass from Palat to cut the lead in half. Braden Point really turned on the afterburners right away and scored a magnificent goal on the breakaway, beating Jason Dickinson past the blue line. This is going to be important, is Braden Point has been speeding past Dallas defenders, something that Dallas still has to work on a little bit if they are going to win this series. So at the end of one, Dallas was winning 2-1. to one. Braden Point then at the start of the second, he baseballed home his second of the game on the Tampa power play on a broken pass from Alex Kalorn. 
Point took a swing from midair as the puck fluttered about 10 feet in front of Anton Kudobin. Once again, the power play connected for the Lightning as that has been their strength throughout the entire postseason. And then, of course, enter Corey Perry. Corey Perry picked up the loose change in the second period for the Dallas Stars on what wound up being a broken play. It was Matthias Janmark and Tyler Seguin who really tried to get the puck towards the net. And it was Seguin who was behind the net. Corey Perry picked up the change. And it was so broken that there was glass, the proverbial glass, all over the place. So that gave Dallas a 3-2 lead. But once again, Tampa goes on a power play. And once again, they score on it. Yanni Gord tied things up at three goals apiece going into the second period. It's funny, the game started off so slow. The first 10 minutes of game four were just kind of a snooze fest. But after that, it got really good really fast. Because in the third period, Alex Kalorn put Tampa up 4-3 to three with about 13 minutes left. You began to think, damn, Tampa's going to have a commanding lead. But then Joe Pavelski scores his 12th of the postseason, making it a 4-4 tie with only 8.5 minutes left. So this one went to overtime, and Tampa's used to overtime at this point. They had the 5-overtime game. They're used to this by now. And guess what happened? It would take a penalty to end this game. What do I mean by that? Well, Dallas took what I guess was not the best of penalties. Jamie Benn got called for dripping against tripping against Tyler Johnson. It wasn't the best play. Could that have been let go? Eh, Maybe it could have been let go. Jamie Benn wasn't too happy. I know the Dallas bench did not look happy. Rick Bonus was not thrilled with that call. And then a minute and change into that power play, Kevin Shattenkirk scored his third of the postseason. Hedman with the helper on that one. And that gave the Tampa Bay Lightning a 5-4 victory in overtime on the power play goal, and that gave the Lightning a commanding three games to one lead after four games. And a couple of quick stats. The Lightning did outshoot Dallas 35-30 in that game, but it was all about the power play because Tampa struck not once, not twice, but thrice on the power play. Dallas is once again taking too many penalties. They're allowing the Lightning to just really go at it with the power play. Tampa was 3-4-4 on the power play. Obviously, that's their strength. Dallas's penalty kill, not that effective at all. You have to look at the defensive pairings on the on those penalty kills. They're just not doing well. Henley's got to do better. Sakara's got to do better. Kling, like They all, across the board, need to do a better job on the penalty kill. Once again, if they're going to have a chance to win this series... And that's a quick breakdown of Game 4. And going back to Corey Perry on this one, Corey Perry hadn't scored in a while in the postseason. So for him to get that garbage goal, which it was, let's admit it, I know that was big for Corey Perry at the time. And that did boost his morale up because that was only his third goal of the postseason. But that's the kind of player he is. He's still that scrappy player. He will bother the goaltender. He does have a tendency to kind of get right up to the crease and just piss off Andre Vasilevsky enough that he'll shield him, he'll get under his skin, and he'll throw Vasilevsky off or he's not going to react as fast because that's what a good shielder does. So that's how Corey picked up the change on his third of the postseason. 
and we'll go into game five. <laughs> we'll go into that one on the next segment. But let's talk about everybody's favorite protein bar. Built Bar is back and better than ever with some new flavors, including my new favorite cookies and cream and some old favorites like my old favorite double chocolate. They pack only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, but they pack 17 grams of protein. That is amazing. That's a quality product. Not only are they healthy for you, but they taste like a candy bar made with 100% dark chocolate. They are better than ever. They taste better. They're a little bit more marshmallowy, so they're a little bit softer than before. This is a fantastic protein bar for those of you that are going out jogging or running and you need that extra boost. Well, check out Built Bar and also check out Built Boost and Built Go on their website, which is builtbar.com and enter promo code locked on to get $10 off your next order. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land that tastes like a candy bar. Coming up after the first intermission, we're going to talk about Game 5 of this wild series, and we're going to talk about Corey Perry quite a bit, the former Anaheim Duck. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and this is brought to you by Built Bar. How's everyone doing? So we talked about Game 4 that took place over the weekend. We didn't talk about Game 5 yet, and that was a wild, wild game. If you guys missed it, you missed a doozy, or maybe you were busy watching the Lakers game. I'll briefly mention that right now. The LA Lakers advanced to the NBA Finals for the first time in 10 years. Yeah, Uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis did it, and just for the record... The Lakers wouldn't be here without Anthony Davis. I mean, yeah, LeBron is the catalyst for this team. When he came here last season, the Lakers didn't really go anywhere. But once they brought in AD, that totally added a new dimension to the Lakers team. But this is a hockey podcast, not a basketball podcast. Although I might talk about basketball now that the Lakers are in the finals. Yeah, because again, there's a lot of Laker fans here in SoCal. So, Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final started off pretty slowly once again. Not much happening in the first little bit, but it really turned on late in the first when Corey Perry, that guy once again, got kind of a garbage goal. If I'm going to be completely honest, a lot of the goals have been garbage goals from him, and this was exactly a Corey Perry-type goal on assist from Jamie Elysiak and Tyler Seguin. So, Tyler Seguin passed it off to Corey Perry on well, it was kind of a broken play there, but Corey Perry stuck with it, got the first goal of the game, and it was one nothing Dallas early on. Then in the second period, Andre Palat really took over, got the 11th goal of his postseason, and Tampa Bay started peppering the shots once again. At the end of two periods, it was 23-14 to 14 shots on goal. Then in the third period, Dallas turned it up a notch at the very end. Uh, Tampa took an early lead in the third period. Sergachev got his third of the postseason on a blistering shot. That made it 2-1. to one. So at the time, it was looking like Tampa Bay was going to win the Cup. They were 16 minutes away from winning the whole thing. I mean, he blistered it. It was barring in just past Anton Kudobin. Okay, that was probably one of the better shots of the postseason 
just rifled. It was 90-something miles per hour on the broadcast, and it just went barring in. So Tampa was 16 minutes away from winning the Cup. But then right after that, about 10 minutes later, Joe Pavelski gets his 13th of the postseason, and he tied the game at two late. Sagan got the assist, and so did Miro Heiskinen. But Joe Pavelski goes in the record books with that goal. He now holds the record for most playoff goals by a U.S.-born player. He passed up Mike Madonna just earlier this postseason. Mike Madonna, the former Dallas star and Minnesota North star, has 58 playoff goals. Joe Mullen, the former Pittsburgh Penguin, he had 60 goals. And Joe Pavelski now has 61 playoff goals, which is the most by an American-born player. And he had four four goals in this series alone. So congrats to Joe Pavelski, the former San Jose Shark. He's done pretty well in this postseason. So that's how the game got tied up. And then we went into overtime. Okay, this was probably one of the more intense overtime games I've ever seen because one shot could either extend the series to today or that could have ended the series right then and there. So there was a lot of pressure on both sides of the puck. We really didn't know which way this was going to go. In overtime, it looked like Tampa Bay had a plethora of chances to win the game. They were looking really good. They outshot Dallas 7-2, and the chances were heavily in favor of Tampa Bay. They had more shots on goal. They had a lot more shot attempts on goal during that overtime period. Tampa had one off the post. I thought it was on its way in. I thought that was the series, but no, no cigar. So we go into double overtime. And halfway through in double overtime, it was the Corey Perry show. Uh, Here's how this one went down. Uh, Corey Perry was on his way driving in. Uh, He brought the puck in. The puck kind of wrapped around a little bit. Uh, Tyler Sagan got a puck on it. Then he passed it off to the point, and John Klingberg kind of towed the line there, kind of waltzing along the blue line, patient, patient, holding a stick up in the air. No one was coming to him. So he rifled one towards the net, just missed going in, and a juicy rebound. Corey Perry got a shot attempt, and a second shot attempt off of another juicy rebound from Andre Vasilevsky. And Corey Perry picked up the loose change, got another garbage goal. But you know what? That would be the game-winning goal. And Corey Perry just went absolutely berserk at the end of that play. He celebrated, lifted his hands in the air, and that is the game winner for the Dallas Stars. They won Game 5, 3-2, to keep their cup hopes alive. The series is now 3-2, heading into tonight's game. If Tampa Bay wins tonight... They will win the second cup in their team history. If the Dallas Stars win tonight, then we are set up for a Game 7 for the Stanley Cup on Wednesday night. Tonight's game will be on NBC. The the game starts at 5 p.m. Pacific time. As far as Corey Perry's goal, there is so much to talk about with this goal. So we'll talk about it after the second intermission. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So let's get right into it. Let's talk about that Corey Perry goal, which drove Ducks Twitter berserk. Everybody was going 
BS crazy after that goal. Yes, there was a lot of Ducks fans that are going, man, we miss him. Man, what could have been? So I'm just going to reiterate what has been said already. You know, Ducks Twitter was happy. But there were some people saying, you mean we bought him out and he does this? Gee, of course that happens. Look, Corey Perry's a fantastic player. He's a bit of a pest. Everybody knows this. But he is still that guy that can score those clutch goals. We've seen that in the past. In fact, let's talk about that, shall we? Corey Perry was part of that clutch team in 2007 that won the Cup. But let's talk about double overtime goals for a second. That Corey Perry goal was the first double overtime Cup final goal since 2014 when Alec Martinez won the Stanley Cup for the LA Kings six years ago, also in double overtime and also in a Game 5 scenario. This one, this over the weekend, extended the series. The one six years ago ended the series. What I did like afterwards was Corey Perry being embraced by Andrew Cogliano after the game. You know, just embracing him in the moment. And you gotta love seeing two former Ducks just hang on to each other like, guys, we, we did it. We did it. Now we're only two wins away from the cup. One down, two to go. So really nice to see Cogs right there. And speaking of career overtime goals, I did like this stat. Corey Perry's the fifth player in NHL history with five or more career overtime goals in the postseason. Glenn Anderson had five career overtime goals in the playoffs. Patrick Kane had five. Now Corey Perry is on that list with five. And just to remind you, three of those came in 2017. I'm talking about at Calgary in the first round where they beat the Flames. Then we're going to talk about the comeback on Catella. Yeah, I've talked about this before. Every Ducks fan knows about this one. The comeback on Catella where the Ducks were down 3 to nothing with a few minutes left in the third period. Then they scored one, then another. Then they tied the game at three. Then also in double overtime, by the way, Corey Perry scored the game-winning goal for that one to complete the comeback on Catella. I still can't believe that game happened three years later. Yeah, I still can't believe it. So Corey Perry got the piece de resistance for that game. Then he got another overtime winner against the Nashville Preds in the Western Conference Final in 2017. So he got three in that postseason alone. Here's who has more overtime playoff goals than Corey Perry. Only two guys. And they are Hall of Famers. Maurice Rocket Richard of the Montreal Canadiens and Joe Sackage of the Colorado Avs. He has eight such goals. So Joe with eight, Maurice Rocket with six, and Corey with five playoff overtime goals. That is quite a list to be in, and that really cements... I guess I could use the word legacy in the National Hockey League because whether you love him or not, he does come through in the clutch. He always has, and that just extends to his time with the Dallas Stars. So congrats to Dallas. Congrats to Corey Perry on a huge moment for him. And even after the game, a reporter asked if he heard his family in the press box. So yeah, in the Sunday Cup Final... The players are now with the families, and some of Corey Perry's family is up in Edmonton. So he must have been excited to have his family there. And just something that I kind of found a little funny on Twitter, ever since Corey Perry's wife entered the bubble, he has been on another level. Three goals in the past two games. So yeah, maybe it's just a good thing for Corey Perry to have his wife there. 
uh, who's always supported him, who's been his rock. There's a lot that can be said about having your support there, having your rock there, having someone that loves you there. There's so much that can be said about that. So just for the last time, congrats, Corey Perry. Game 5 was on Saturday night. Game 6 is tonight. That is Monday night, 5 p.m. on NBC. The Cup could be awarded tonight. We could have a Game 7. Let's see what happens. In other news, I briefly talked about this on the Locked on NHL podcast with Sarah Avampato. But there's a new free agent on the market. Another former Duck, Bobby Ryan, who won the Masterton Award. His contract was bought out by the Ottawa Senators, and he is now a free agent. So now we're starting to hear the rumor mill. He could be going to Toronto. He could be going to Montreal. He could be going here. could be going there. Why not Anaheim? It would not be a super expensive contract. So why not bring Bobby Ryan home to Anaheim? That would be a great move for the fans. They would sure love it. So let's just see where Bobby Ryan ends up during this shortened offseason. So that's the other news of the day. Uh, Don't forget to listen to Locked on NHL. I make an appearance this week with Sarah Avampada where I talk about Corey Perry some more and talk about Bobby Ryan. So yeah, we we cover a lot of stuff on that podcast. So don't forget to ask your smart device to play Locked on NHL. Thanks everyone for listening. Be sure to rate, comment, subscribe if you have not already. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. Follow me personally at StimpyJD. And don't forget, you could hear this podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you hear your podcasts. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And one major note I want to remind you all. We will not have a podcast tomorrow. There will be no Locked on Anaheim Ducks tomorrow. And the reason being, we are having a live show tomorrow. And that is going to be kind of a mock draft and a preview of the NHL draft, which is coming up in about a week. Don't forget, the Ducks have three picks in the top 40. So we will definitely talk about that tomorrow on the live show. Be sure to check out the Twitter accounts for that for more information and keep your eyes peeled on the Locked On Ducks Twitter. We'll have more information on the live show, which is going to take place once again on Tuesday, 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 live show. Keep your e- keep your ears and eyes peeled for that. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Enjoy the Stanley Cup final tonight because there's no basketball on. There's no baseball on tonight. May as well watch some hockey, right? Stay safe, Anaheim, and Ducks fly together.